0: Hello, and welcome to the Sojourner Podcast. Um, my name is Stanley Kabuka, um, and the song that has just played out is called You Keep On Getting Better, Better by Maverick City. And so I trust that you are well, that you are keeping on well, and yeah, you are keeping all safe, and also um, are keeping the faith, uh, which is of very um, utmost importance to us all, um, above all all else that is happening and so yeah um welcome to today's podcast where we'll be looking at um this podcast which I have um I've titled I know how this story ends or you may also call it our will versus God's will or the battle of the wills um and our scripture reference today is going to be from the book of 1 Samuel chapter 8 1 to 22 1 Samuel chapter 8 1 to 22 and just to give us uh, a sort of, um, 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 what do we call it, um, just a summary of what's happening in this chapter, First Samuel chapter 8 from verse 1 to 22. So we get this scenario when uh, Samuel is now of old age, and his sons do not follow his ways and go after dishonest gains, bribes, and perverted justice, and the Elders of Israel gather and meet Samuel. They inform him of a desire for an earthly king like the other nations. You know, the Lord through Samuel forewarns them, but they remain adamant. Um, perhaps let us get to read that from the scripture. First Samuel 8, 4-7 says this. 1 Samuel 8, 4-7 says this. And it says, Then all the elders of Israel gather together. And came to Samuel at Ramah, and they said to him, Look, you are old, and your sons do not walk in your ways. Now make us a king to judge us like all the nations. But the thing displeased Samuel when they said, Give us a king to judge us. So Samuel prayed to the Lord, Lord, and the Lord said to Samuel, Heed the voice of the people in all that they say to you, for they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me, that I should not reign over them. And verses 19 to 20 of the same chapter says this, Nevertheless, the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel, and they said, No, but we will have a king over us, that we also may be like all the nations, and that our king may judge us and go out before us and fight our battles. And so that's um, just uh, a portion of, of the scripture reference from 1 Samuel chapter 8, 1 to 22. And one thing that I would like to talk about or, or to address is, is our will, our will um, to have it our own way. Uh, the dictionary defines will as one's intention or decision. In this case, um, our will refers to, de- uh, to, desire, to desire and to do things our own way. What I think suits me, what is best for me. Or makes me happy, and that is what—that uh, is precisely what the Israelites wanted. You know, they wanted what um, um, would make them um, complete, what would make them happy, what suits them, what they thought suits them, and that was their will for them to have a king. And we all struggled with wanting things—our things done our own way. And this desire for our will to be done stems from a deep-seated arm struggle to be our own god. It comes from deep, 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 deep down inside of us to be our own God, to rule and to just reign over our lives, you know, and not having accountability from a higher being or a higher power. Ravi Zacharias writes and says this, we desire perpetual and autonomous existence, in effect, wanting to play God. I repeat, he says, We desire perpetual and autonomous existence, in effect, wanting to play God. Proverbs twenty twenty four tells us this, that a man's steps are directed by the Lord. How then can anyone understand his own way? How then can anyone understand his own way? You know, uh, uh, Proverbs fourteen twelve tells us this, There is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, it leads to destruction. You know, our will tends to cater for the here and now, whilst God's will puts everything into perspective. It, God's will has a broader perspective of our lives than ours. And my will is good to me, but bad for me. My will is bad news. You know, our will tend to to overlook and belittle the ultimate judge, the ruler. That is God our Father. First Samuel 8.5 says this, And said to him, "Look, you are old and your sons do not walk in your ways. Now make us a king to judge us like all the nations. Um, In the case of the Israelites, yes, um, Samuel was judging them, but the ultimate judge was God. It was not Samuel, it was God. And therefore, um, our will tends to overlook and belittle the ultimate judge, the ruler of our lives, and that is God. And this... um, and my unreasonable desire for my will to be done. You, you, you know, it could be a trust issue. I don't trust God enough with my life. I think he'll mess up things for me. I don't trust the one who knit me together. You know, what irony. I don't um have faith. I don't trust God's perfect will. Because I think he, he'll mess things up, you know. um, What irony is that, you know. Because God is the one who... Put us together, he wove woven us together. And Proverbs 1625, you no, know, it captures again what Proverbs 14 12 tells us, that there is a way that seems right to a man, but it ends to death. But in the end it leads to death. And that's what our will is capable of doing. That is what is capable of doing. The Israelites wanted a king, that was their will, it was not God's will and from this we get a picture of what our will entails and what the end of it might lead to what at the end of our will might be might 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 be might lead to and the second thing that um i want to go through is the will of god and god's will for us is born out of his unfailing love his sovereignty his unmatched understanding of his own creation. The will of God here that we are looking at is born out of his unfailing love, his sovereignty, his unmatched understanding of his own creation. He knows each and every one of us. Psalm 139, 1 to 24. But let us look at um verse 13 in particular. It says this, verse 13 to 17. It says, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was made in the secret, secret place, I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. How precious to me are your thoughts, O oh God. How vast is the sum of them. This gives us a very, very explicit picture of God who formed our being, who saw us before we were woven together, before we were knit together in, mother, in our mother's womb before we came into existence. And our God knows and uh, understands who we are and what we need because he authored our creation. Over and above that we must, we trust in him because he gave the ultimate sacrifice, his only son to die on the cross for me and for you. John fifteen thirteen says this, Greater love has no one than this. Than he lay his life for his friends. There is no greater love than that of Jesus on that cross. And guys, the cross of Calvary immensely helps us in understanding God's will for our lives. When we look at the cross, we get a very impeccable and clear picture of God's will for our lives. He gave his son to die for, for us so that we shouldn't be condemned but live with him forever. John 3.16, very, very familiar with us. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. So, guys, if in God's will he gave Jesus Christ as atonement for our sins, what is this that, that, that we cannot trust in him, trust him in his perfect will for us? No, how much more is he able to do for us as we journey through this life that he did not do on the cross of Calvary? Romans 5, 8 tells us this, But God demonstrates, demonstrates his love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God's will through Christ Jesus caters for our eternity. How much does God's will have in store for us as we journey through this life? No. How much more does God's will have in store for us as we journey through this life? God's perfect will through Jesus Christ cater for the permanent, for eternity. Can He not do the same for the temporal, for for, for the mortality that we that we that we find ourselves in right now on, here on Earth? And Jeremiah twenty nine twenty nine eleven gives us this. It says, "For I know the plans I have for you," declares the Lord, "plans to prosper you and not to harm you; plans to give you hope." and a future god's plans god's plan for our lives is mind-blowing if we choose to trust his design proverbs 3 5 to 6 says this trust in the lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight proverbs sixteen three says this commit to the lord whatever you do And your plans will succeed. Commit to the Lord whatever you do and your plans will succeed. And guys, the cross outlines God's will for his creation. The cross outlines God's will for his creation. The cross paints the the most explicit picture of God's will for his people. The cross paints the most explicit picture of God's will for his people. Psalm 34, 8 tells us this. Taste and see that the Lord is God. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. And God's will for his people couldn't be more clearer at the place of the skull, at Golgotha, at the cross. At the cross. When we look at the cross, we see God's will so perfect for each and every one of us. And the third thing that we're going to look at is God's love. We have looked at our will God's will. And thirdly, we look at God's love. And and allow me to read Hebrews 12. Hebrews 12, 5 to 9. Hebrews 12, 5 to 9. 12, 5 to 9. And it says this. And you have forgotten. Uh, uh, sorry. And it says, and you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to your sons. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord. No, be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves his chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? But if you are without chastening, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. And so um, this couple of verses in Hebrews 12, 5 to 9, it goes on. It tells us about correction. It tells us about how the Lord disciplines those he loves. And his correction and discipline is born out of love for his children. You know, what catastrophe it is when our God leaves us to drown, to drown in the raging waters of our will. What catastrophe is it when God just leaves us to drown in the, Raging waters of our will. Romans chapter 1, you know, it just paints a picture of this. You know, turning aside from God because of our sin is a gateway to empty things which cannot profit or deliver for they are nothing. You know, the hard discipline is God's clarion call for us to come back home. You know, he pursues each and every one of us. Second Peter 3.9 says this. It says this, Second Peter three nine says this, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That is very key for us, you know, that he is long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God's desire is that for all of us to finally come to him and receive him. First Timothy chapter 2, 3 to 4 says this, For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the truth. And we are grateful that the Lord pursues us you know through discipline. It may be hard, it may be tough to take, but he's pursuing us to bring us back. We bless the Lord because he won't let us drown in the raging waters of our will. But he will pursue us through, 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 through the traged- tragedies so that we come back to him. I mean, that is, just, um, that is just mind-blowing. And so we get a very good picture of the Israelites here. They want a king. That's not God's will. That is their will. We know what our will is capable of doing. We know what God's will is. When we look at the cross, we see God's will. We see it very clearly. We see it very explicitly. When we look at the cross, we see God's will. We see God's will for our lives. And we see God's love through correction, through discipline. So how much more should we trust in him? My call for us is to trust him, even when it does not make sense. Because sometimes it, it it will not make sense, you know, whatever that is happening. But let us trust the Lord, even when it does not make sense. Let us put our hope in him. Let us trust him, even when stuff doesn't make sense. We know that he is good. And, and so let us trust the Lord. Let us keep on trusting him because his perfect and good will was um, outlined at the cross. From the cross, we see God's perfect will for us. So let us trust the Lord in everything that is happening in our lives and just commit our lives to him. And thus always acknowledge him and trust in his good and perfect will for us. Uh, and before we end this uh, podcast, I would love to read um, you a poem by Richard Baxter. It's called, Lord, It Belongs Not to My Care. And I will read the first three stanzas. And this is what the poem says. Lord, it belongs not to my care, whether I die or live. To love thee and serve thee is my share, and this thy grace must give. If life belong, I will be glad that I may long obey if short yet why should i be sad to welcome endless day christ leads me through no darker rooms than he went through before he unto god's kingdom comes must enter through this door and so that's lord it belongs not to my care but by richard baxter a very very um beautiful put out together poem here And it's my prayer and my hope that we have gotten to learn something about our will, God's will, and God's love for us through correction, through rebuke. And that we take refuge in the Lord and that we rest in the fact that His will was uh, clearly outlined at at, at, at at the cross and we can choose to trust Him today with our lives. It's not easy, of course, but let us trust the Lord. Because he alone is able. He alone is able. He alone is able. So thank you very much for listening to the Sajana Podcast. Um, I wish you all the best as you keep on learning, as you keep on trusting the Lord. And see you in the next next episode. Um, again, the, the song playing out is called You Keep On Getting Better by Maverick City. Bye-bye.